welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring. This week it's going to be Robert Webb. How very exciting. He, he does the post office adverts. I'll probably ask him mainly about that. Um, and this week's episode is sponsored by uh, Crow Motion. It's a man called Sholto, who very kindly does the video credits for this very podcast. So out of the goodness of our hearts, we're giving him a free advert. He's a motion designer and art director from London. His company's called Crow Motion. Go to crowmotion.com. Crow like a bird, the crow. Uh, he, he produces little sequences, animations, and moving graphics for big companies like Framestore, but also tiny little companies like Go Faster Stripe. And that's very rude. I, he designed and produced all of the comic relief graphics this year and would love to do more work in the third sector. I don't know what that is. But any sector is all right. Whatever sector you're in, he likes the colour yellow and is a Leo. Uh, he says, I've always enjoyed Rahelastapa, Rahelastapa, while I work, so I'm genuinely honoured and excited to do the graphics. Fuck off, Sholto. Grow up. Grow up here. So uh, he needs some work. So uh, if, you've, if you have any, uh, uh, any opportunity to give uh, Sholto from Chromotion some work making, he makes nice. It's like, well, look at these credits coming up if you're on the video. If not, if you're on the audio, go and look at one of the videos. They're really good. He's very good. So uh, thank you to that. Now let us go and enjoy Richard Herring's Esther Square Theatre Podcast. You could get your advert on here as well if you pay us some money. He didn't pay us. But you have to. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. This is the first time you have seen him tonight. Will you please welcome Richard Herring? Thank you very much. Hello. Hello, London. Welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre. And uh, this is Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Or as some of the cool kids have started calling it recently, Rahel Lester Oh, there's some cool kids in. Uh, it's very exciting to be here. So in the week of recording, um, the big news story that I've enjoyed, uh, well, I don't think enjoyed might be the wrong word, uh, is uh, Rolf Harris has been... Uh, Rolf Harris, who is an enemy of the show and was an enemy of the show before he was found to be fiddling with small children. Now, he's... Uh, we can say that now. He's been found guilty, but before he was just an enemy for being rude to Adam, <laughs> Adam Buxton. Uh, but uh, he's been—he's written a song about his uh, about the victims, calling them uh, woodworms and. Uh, and the such like, which uh, um, someone said on Twitter, well, you know, that's, that, he was touching up the woodworms, so that's, but he's only interested in them when they're louses. That is, uh, that is the thing, <laughs> that is the thing <laughs> with Rolf. So he wrote a very un unpleasant song about his victims, which is an awful thing to do. Uh, but then in today's paper, one of his victims wrote a song back to him. <laughs> Don't you saw this, which, you know, again, it's, it's sort of a slightly weird blue jam sort of development. <laughs> That, that's happening in the actual, I mean, it's quite a serious story that is being tackled via some, you know, like a rap battle <laughs> between the two. But I, mean, I think maybe all crimes should be solved this way. I mean, you know, increasingly, you know, in this country, all that's important is whether people are able to sing well. That is how we judge them. So maybe we could have some kind of X Factor legal system where the criminal writes a song about what he thinks about the victim, the victim writes a song in return. Whichever song is the best, that is the verdict. That was. I think this could work out for us. Uh, and uh, uh, if you thanks to everyone who's uh, kick-started uh, this, this show, uh, that, that's put the paid for the video of this. Uh, I do have to say, um, in my opening uh, monologue, this is some Josh Hernandez. Very international show we are, Josh Hernandez. Josh Hernandez. Uh, he says, uh, my friend Richard Vallejos, 
very international show we've got, uh, is a fucking idiot, although the rest of his family is quite charming. So that is, uh, he, paid, he paid for that to be. But uh, some people paid some money to get some t-shirts made, which I'm making. I, I, made, I said I'd make handmade t-shirts. For It ended up, I didn't realise it'd be this many people, about 75 people have paid enough money to get a handmade t-shirt. I'm working very slowly. I'm not very good at drawing, uh, and I'm, I'm not an artistic person, but I'm making t-shirts based on the show. And this will give you an example both of how difficult this is and how bad I am at drawing. So I've been trying to think of 75 different t-shirts base. So I'm already getting to quite dodgy territory of uh, obscure things. There's this one I wanted to put Slytherin, uh, Lannister and Herring, because that's the... Uh, <laughs> but I don't know if you can spot the mistake. I don't know if anyone can spot. There's a little error. There's a little error in this one. So I'm not going to... I made a slight error. And you know what? As I was writing the I, I nearly wrote another R. I genuinely did. That's how tired I am. I nearly thought, oh, thank God I stopped myself, but I'd have looked an idiot if I put three R. It would have been four R's. I mean, I'm going to give this to one of the members of the audience at some point tonight. Because it's, uh, it's, it's, it's no good, is it? It's got a mistake in it. It'll be worth, it'll be worth even more than the regular T-shirts. But for those of you who paid £75, this is the kind of thing you're going to get. So I hope... I spent I spent fifty pounds on uh, on <laughs> on uh, t-shirt ink, whatever that stuff is. Like, 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 then, uh, that one, that's my favourite one because it comes out very blobby. I've become quite an artist. These will be worth a lot of money. I hope there'll be one day someone will pay to have these all put back together and, and put in an art gallery where they belong. But for now, they're coming to you. Anyway, we uh, have to crack on with the show. We've got fantastic, two fantastic guests. Usually, there's one good one and one rubbish one, but today is today is. Today is, they're both good. We could have just could have spread them out a bit. Uh, so, uh, my first guest this evening, I'm sorry, they're, we're, they're, we only do one podcast tonight. My guest this week uh, is probably best known as Graham from Meaningful Sex. That's why you're all here to see him. He was also Arvo in my family, the famous character of Arvo. Remember him in the popular sitcom My Family? You please welcome Robert Webb, ladies and gentlemen. It's Robert Webb. Here we come. Arvo. Thank you very much. Come in, sit down, pull up a mic. Hold the mic near your face. So, uh, Hello, thank you. Hello. I tell Ooh. you, you've got a nerve showing your face around here. Oh, yeah. After what you did on Pointless. You've got a nerve. That's all I'm saying. So, we'll get to I'm that really later. sorry. Every night I wake up going, Namibia. Why didn't you say Namibia? <laughs> Namibia. Namibia. Yeah. Not, what did I say? Like, you know, I had to think of an obscure country and I said England. France. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, tell us about Graham from Meaningful Sex. We'll get that out of the way because probably... Graham from Me Meaningful Sex was made uh, when BBC Three was still called BBC Choice. Oh, yeah. And that's how long ago it was. And it starred Conleth Hill, who plays the bald one, bolder than me, but properly bald, in Game of Thrones. The oh. uh, Varys or Varys... No spoilers. No, nobody watched Game of Thrones. They don't watch Game of Thrones. If they watched Game of Thrones, they wouldn't be here, because the, okay. the denouement is on this evening, and I'm very Ooh, I'm I annoyed. Wanna... Spoilers! Yeah. Um, yes, but he was, uh, he was in that, and it was very good. Uh, okay. So Graham was the nerdy uh, virgin boy uh, person <laughs> who was living in a shared house... Uh, that was filming in Belsize Park, yeah. but it was meant to look gritty. Uh, and he uh, and and then then there was sadomasochism going on, okay. and it was a it was a sort of one-off comedy drama about sex. Sweet sex. Did you get to have sex with a lady or a man in it? No, oh. neither. Uh, it was uh, there was an American actor in it who's been in loads of stuff, and I can't remember her name. 
So she'll Good. be delighted. <laughs> she'll be delighted. I know uh, that she is a big fan of this podcast, that, that particular actress who we don't know the name Sarah of. Sarah Stewart, and she was very okay. good. See, okay. it only well, takes me a couple of seconds. And what about Arvo in My Family? The My Family is a big sitcom. My, my first experience of Robert Lindsay, yes. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, it, was the, it, was the, uh, it was the episode where they're stuck on a tube carriage, oh, and, yeah. uh, and I played Arvo, the Estonian backpacker. And so I used my very, very precise <laughs> Eastern European accent. And I talked about the medieval glories of Tallinn, um, which could be from anywhere <laughs> in the world. Um, but apparently it's from Estonia, yes. Well, that's good. We were on a Pointless together, and uh, yes, you're gonna, I got a you're Pointless keep answer. I got a Pointless answer and thought, well, I'm definitely through to the head-to-head oh, -head realm now. Well, this is why, you know, because this is why I thought about Pointless every day of my life and how badly it went and yeah. how I'd let the team rich Rob down. Yeah. And then I thought, why do I think about this every day? And I realised it's because I still followed you on Twitter. <laughs> so I, so I, I found a, a simple, if brutal, solution yeah. to that. And that's why when you invited me on the show and I said, yeah, DM me, you had a bit of trouble. <laughs> I did. Because I couldn't face your disappointment if anymore. anyone should be unfollowing anyone on Twitter. <laughs> After that, it's not about Rona Cameron said, wrote was name a, an 80s a solo artist who got number one in the 1980s. And she said to Powell, that's not even a solo artist. That's what I was, so you're one step up from that. Well, I'm glad. That's the first time anyone said I'm one step up from Rona Cameron. That's, I've, I'm going to go home happy. You should go That's up. good. But I, I don't know how many times they let me go on Pointless. But I think if it's more than four and you still haven't won, that's quite bad, isn't it? You were, uh, you, <laughs> I was reassured in the beginning because you, the last time you'd been on, sorry if my microphone technique isn't quite up to, I'm a trained actor, I could reach the back just with no amplification at all, but apparently it's on the internet. It is. Uh, but uh, you were saying the last time you'd been on, you'd been on with an unnamed comedian, which you may, may or may not choose to name now. I'm gonna leave that with you. And that he was so competitive and annoying that you decided to be Mr. Relaxed and that you weren't gonna, so there was no pressure, Rob, yeah. don't worry. Yeah. Doesn't matter if we lose. Yeah. I just don't wanna be that guy. You were no Dom Jolly, that is what I'm saying. Good, I thought I could rely on you. <laughs> He's done worse adverts than you. That is, have you seen that? Have you seen that his, advert? His adverts are so bad, I don't even know what adverts. <laughs> he What's he been in? He did an advert for ferries that was very short. Ferries? For a ferry, like a ferry. Ferries? For a ferry from Wales what, to Ireland. Of, what, that is a like... way of getting from one island to another? <laughs> yeah, not even aeroplanes. <laughs> ferries? A ferry? Oh, he's fucked. Not even from England, not even from England to France. They might as well and, ask me to do hovercraft. And in the, and in the advert, he had a phone, he went, hello. Oh. That's, that's fucking well. Did they ring you up and go, do me an advert for ferries? Go, oh, do I have to be? And you have oh, to do your you, catch. You you we want you to do the th the funny, <laughs> that, that funny thing. We're going to play some Porter's Head and it's yeah. going to be like in that show. It's like me <laughs> go doing an advert and there being like a moon on a stick in the back of me going. <laughs> and, and, and people go, I don't understand the reference. And why is he pointing at that moon? Why is the moon on a stick? It I won't judge. I won't judge Dom Jolly's commercial choices. So, is it true that the show that you are named after the show Robert's Web? Is that how you got your name? I wanted it to be called Worldwide Robert. <laughs> yeah, um, that's better. But uh, that was deemed too hilarious. That would have been good. Uh, it is, so, the, it is the worst name for a show apart from Elementary, My Dear Mark Watson. Was which, that made? Yeah. 
Really? It was an impression. Mark Watson, who'll be a guest later in the series. And believe me, that's all I'm going to talk to him about. I wrote a sketch when I was 13 that I did at school in lunchtime where uh, I was Sherlock Holmes yes. and they found a, a piece of rock and there was no earthly re- reason why there should be a piece of rock in this, in this Edwardian dining room. Yeah. But it was so that I could get in the pan. <laughs> so, what's this, Holmes? I say, sedimentary, my dear Watson. Uh, made me so happy. <laughs> and I think it's important that you get this stuff out of the way when you're 13, otherwise... You know, I would have had them finding. Otherwise, you the, try and make it, get a laugh out of it now. I would have fa- ha- had them finding the uh, digestive tract of someone, then going alimentary, my dear Watson. That's what nice. I would have done. Well, that is a different bit of science. <laughs> <laughs> it's an alimentary canal. But it's, uh, but I didn't get that big a laugh, so I presume the. It's, uh, it's also a near rhyme. And uh, Dom Jolly's doing a uh, do an advert for a canal cruise on the alimentary canal. That's his next. Or for the fax machine. <laughs> So you do, you do do adverts. Yes. Which a lot of comedians... Come love. on, beat up on that well, channel. We we're we talking about adverts. So uh, you do the post office advert. I did. Uh, this is all past ten. Yes, yeah. yes, I did. It didn't last very long. I did an advert. No. Simon Bird's doing <laughs> in, it now. In, bang, out. <laughs> but in, I, we're disappointed in you, Robert. Out. <laughs> I spend a lot of time in the post office. Yes. Because I, I, I go to Shepherd's. Well, now that I follow you again, yeah. I see that. Yeah, and... and and you, your face was like looking down from all the monitors laughing, yes. going, oh, isn't the post office brilliant? And yeah. it wasn't brilliant, it was no. bad. No, I'm sorry to hear that. So it was lied, you lied was, to me. What was good for me about yeah. that, apart from, you know, the fee, was, uh, was for a while, uh, they, I, they didn't actually tell me that this was going to happen, but my face was on the ATMs, the cash machines, the post office. And so sometimes, uh, if I wanted to get some money out, I'd get some money out literally from my stupid face <laughs> grinning at me. i go, oh, well done, me. And so it was, it was kind of, it was lovely like that. Did it come no, out it your mouth? telling people when the post office was open during yeah. the Christmas season and that they could send more stuff in parcels than they thought they could if they didn't want to send someone somewhere on Amazon, which is well, clearly easier. Well, you can go to... There's ones you can do now, like collect. But if you're going to send a lot of stuff, go to Collect Plus or one of those internet ones. You can just do right. it online, and then you can just drop it off in a shop, and you don't have to queue up, and you can do it any time of the day or night. I'm not. They're not well, paying they should... me. They're not paying me to say that. I just think they're quite good. Well, I... that's the way I roll. I think um, that's it. <laughs> but like we, we were talking about this uh, on online, but you kind of got criticised on uh, Chortle for uh, yes. for doing adverts for yes. I can't even remember what it was. It, we were being criticised for doing no, any so, well, it at came, all. It came off the back of... I wrote a, <laughs> I wrote a, a thing about uh, how I thought uh, uh, the Labour Party ought to win the election. Yeah. And imagine how much worse it could have gone <laughs> if I hadn't written that. Yeah. Uh, m- much worse. Uh, but, um, but I mentioned quite a personal detail about my mother dying of cancer and, uh, and somebody on Chortle, and one of their regular contributors who writes uh, unbelievably long and unmemorable... <laughs> Um, sort of blogs, really. Um, uh, but it's, they have a sort of correspondence column. And he wrote a whole thing about um, how dare I... <laughs> it was sort of... It was, my problem was, the hypocrisy of Robert Webb was that I'd, uh, I'd used the death of my mother... Uh, who uh, died of cancer, and yet I still uh, do this voiceover for e-cigarettes, when um, it turns out that e-cigarettes 
doing his research because he because he, he says at the same time I didn't know that e-cigarettes contain carcinogens but clearly he's then gone out looking for evidence <laughs> of, and then there are some really dodgy and flaky studies that show that e-cigarettes might not be because there are medical there are concerns yeah um, but stacked up against you know some concerns versus the fucking mountain of evidence of what cigarettes actual tobacco yeah. is bad for. And I happen to know several people who've managed to quit smoking by using. Well, that's e-cig- I think that's so that what was, they're for. I don't think people are going. Oh, I must try those e-cigarettes. No, because any, anyone smoking e-cigarette looks yeah. like a loser and an idiot, um, <laughs> or a robot from the future, or a robot from the future. Exactly, he's it it got plugged in. Strange bits of steam coming out, like R two D two having a wee. Um, <laughs> it was. A but anyway, anyway, the point was, I didn't. I, I so, okay. So there are concerns, but mainly this is a quit smoking tool. I've got no. I'm not even morally neutral about this. I think they're a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So I'm happy to do them. But he had a whole thing about how dare I mention my the death of my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Waving a shroud is a phrase that will stay with me. Is that what he said? Yes. In a sentence otherwise it was a, unmemorable. It was a very except very for its slapstick four on its face illiteracy. It was a very. Uh... <laughs> It's very unpleasant there. I mean, I think it's probably worse to use the death of someone's mother in your argument against someone well, else than it's not even your you, own mother. You you're allowed bring, to. If you bring up a personal detail like that, you know, you sort of think, well, I'm, I'm slightly, you know, making myself vulnerable. But then one does expect, it turns out, one, it is, it is possible to overestimate chortle. Um, <laughs> so anyway, but there but we But I think That's what's interesting, I mean, I think having seen you talk about this, I mean, I, I never have done adverts. I haven't really been offered many. I was offered um, one for a storage... Uh, company the other day. It was very exciting. Because uh, I've got an I'm now, my dad, they want to do an advert. Well, it's more like a, a paid thing where I get, you get paid to go on the radio and, and it's sort of worse than an advert. You get paid to go on the radio and do interviews as if you're... Oh, you're, you're an ambassador? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't do that. And, uh, it, was, and it, was, it wasn't even any money. You know, I thought maybe I could pay for some podcasts with it, but it wasn't even very much money. And I have to go and go, yeah, well, you know, because I'm a dad now, my wife's making me move stuff out of the house. Uh, <laughs> so, we, so we need, so we need some storage. And storage is good. And so it turns out you can pay for storage uh, without just digging a hole in your garden. If you're lucky enough to have a garden, I'm not, I, I, I'm aware of my own privilege. I've got, I've got a garden. Um, but yeah. but I, I mean, I know lots of actors and comedians who wouldn't touch it. Rather chew yeah. their own arms off and do an advert, and that's fine. Rufus Hound is, is a mate of mine. Is one of them. But he, but his view has always been. You know, it's a personal choice, and it sort of depends where you see yourself in the. You know, sometimes I'm just a comedy actor and an entertainer and a whore, and anyway, and so it doesn't really make any difference. And then well, sometimes I catch myself behaving like an artist, and I sort of go, "Ooh, maybe I shouldn't do so many. I don't want to piss everyone off." But it, you know, they, I mean, it definitely is a personal there, choice. But I think, like, go, if you have, unless you've gone, oh, if you're like me, if if I say, if I now went, the post office came to me and said, "Would you do the next lot of adverts?" And I go, "Yes, of course." I think that would be. I'd be delighted. I love your service. <laughs> and then people go, "Didn't you just spend a year on Twitter saying the post office was terrible?" Yeah. yeah, but they gave me fifty thousand pounds. So, you know. uh, but uh, be, so that would be bad. But you, I think you know. You've said you've never. It's not like you've put yourself up as being Bill Hicks or no. Uh, criticised I, no, people. I, I, I accept that I live in a mixed market, capitalist, liberal, uh, advanced democracy, yeah. which involves money and advertising. And you know, that's. I mean, that's just the shit that we have to, you know, and that's yeah. why we don't die of dental decay when we're 23. Yeah, well, and today's... I'm starting to sound like Mark Corrigan. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually quite... More like Mark Corrigan than you might think. Um, today's podcast is sponsored by crowmotion.com. Anyway, so I can't speak. 
<laughs> Although he hasn't paid us anything, he did some free titles for us. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he's lovely. a nice guy. Uh, but uh, well, actually, while I'm so thinking, now we've established him as Darth Vader. <laughs> while, I, while I remember, because I forget, I forgot last time to do this. Uh, they, I, some people have also paid me just to ask the guest questions. So you know, who am I to criticise anyone? Uh, this is from Ian Hill, who sounds like a character made up by me. <laughs> But he isn't, because I would have made him ask something much more. The thing, no one so far has abused no, this privilege. And, and just, you'd have said Kurt Viaduct. Yeah. <laughs> it's Lou Sanders, and she wants to know, why have you got such weird teeth? Uh, it's from me. It's from <laughs> because they're my teeth, and I couldn't be bothered to fix them, so fuck off. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was, uh, it was Ian Hill. <laughs> I could have spent 50 grand, and I'd be in Hollywood by now, do my teeth and my hair, and I'd be in some really shit sitcom, because they will laugh at anything. <laughs> But I couldn't be bothered. I like go to the pub in London. Here's a charming question from Ian Hill. Robert, okay. like you, I grew up in Lincolnshire, which, whilst beautiful, is awfully remote when you're a teenager. Yes. This is getting his life story. He just asked the fucking question. <laughs> Some of my issues probably stem from. <laughs> what are your abiding memories of the place and growing up in what is essentially Britain's largest field? <laughs> It is Britain's largest. I mean, it's the fourth biggest county in England. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and you say to people, uh, I'm from Lincolnshire, and they sort of blink politely, and then they say, sheep. And we go, yes, we do have some sheep. And then they might go, flat. And we go, yes, it is flat, and we do have some sheep. And that's kind of, that's what people know about it. And so UKIP do very well there, because it's, it's massively isolated, and, and people feel very sort of cut off and... Uh, uh, you know, you drive for, from where I live, you used to live, you drive for an hour before you get to the A1, which is not a, not a very big road anyway. You know, it's, it's a dual carriageway. <laughs> Jesus, you can overtake without getting killed. Um, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a long way. It's, it's not glamorously north, like, you know, Manchester or Scotland, but it, it's, but it isn't, it's north of it's Watford. It's further so, north than so you people, think it's going to be. Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, so people don't sort of, but I used to, when I, I was, Growing up, I would say castle instead of castle, and I had a speech impediment as well. Actually, so I, I give my S's like this. Right. So I say, "Would you like to have sex with me?" <laughs> and um, and the answer was always, "No." <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's a, it, it is a, it was a, it's a great place to be a kid because you can roam around, and it was sort of pre-savile. Um, where, it wasn't you, though. Kind of, but it, that's the key, isn't it? It was pre-knowledge of Savile, but it was mentally, uh, it was uh, it was the fifties, even though it was the late seventies and early eighties. Uh, but um, but you, I had a lot of um, space. But then by the time you're a teenager, yes, you do yearn to see some people when the you know the bright lights are Lincoln was or the, Skegness. Was the kinema in the woods not good enough for you? The kinema in the woods, yeah. was always good enough. The Kinema in the Woods was the... Is that how you say it? Kinema in it the Woods? It is Kinema. It's in Woodhall Spa? In Woodhall Spa. I don't say... I'm, no, I'm not saying I've gone deep in my research No, here, this is... I'm, I was going to ask you about the Kinema feel, in the Woods. I feel ravished by your research. <laughs> uh, no, the Kinema in the Woods, spelt with a K, uh, was the very small, sort of 200-seater uh, cinema in Woodhall Spa, village, one of the villages I grew up in. And my granddad used to be a projector uh, there during the war. Used to be a projector? <laughs> Projectionist. <laughs> Lincoln is, Lincoln is uh, very backwards. <laughs> Just, um, he was a projector. Go faster, Grandad. We what can't the shine, do? shine that torch. Move the thing faster. Through, the films went through his mouth, and then they shone a light through his ass. <laughs> He's dead now. It's fine. Um, 
but yeah, he was projectionist during the war. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and the whole thing about it was that um, the films were shown from behind the screen and instead of behind the audience. So everything was always backwards. No, um, they, they managed to turn it upside down. There was a special machine for that. It's good. It's but you said, it, the good thing about the kinema is that um, it always started with uh, playing the shadows going down, 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 down. And there'd be this black and white scrolling thing going, welcome to Britain's unique kinema. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm doing, I did the voice in my head. It, it was just words. Uh, and it said, um, uh, seats facing the front brackets like a theatre. <laughs> and then it was a, and then it was a patrons are asked to smoke on the left and in this 200 seat cubicle uh, you know everyone's just having cigarettes and putting them out in the dark and you know, and it was made of wood it's amazing that there wasn't an inferno but that's where I first saw um, uh, young uh, uh, Einstein starring Yahoo Serious. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about the Yahoo Serious the other day. The only film I've walked out of. Really? Yeah. I never saw it, but he kind of was big, wasn't he, for six months? Yahoo Serious was a big, yeah, was big, he was bigger than Bross. Do you remember Yahoo Serious? Yeah, a few, and not too many people for it to be a good observation for my anti Peter K routine, <laughs> but still not very many people. Young Einstein, yeah. What happened to Yahoo Serious? It's very, it's very, it, I, you saw me hesitate because yeah. it, it's not to be confused with Young Frankenstein. No, which I thought which you made a mistake. Which is hilarious film. It is very good. But Young Einstein is uh, risible. Could you go, because it was so local, that, that this cinema. Yeah. This, sorry, kinema. Kinema. Did you know that it was, kinema. did you know that it was really cinema? That's in the, the, or did... Well, I was pretty fucking confused <laughs> for a bit, you know, because okay. when, the, when the only cinema there is spelled with a K and you go, well, but apparently every time I keep trying to read it, it's, yeah, it was, yeah, it was... Did you, were you able to go and see 18 films or did they know you well enough so that you couldn't do that because it's small? No, because the thing about Little Village is you're famous before you're... I mean, the, the feeling around in a Little Village, if anyone grew up in a village, is surveillance. I mean, everybody knows <laughs> yeah. who you are, where you live, where you are. And, you know, I went back to... When I, I'm done, I went back to live with my dad, went back to that village. And you, you, I couldn't move for people and he would come in and say oh Kathy said you uh, you got your lunch from the bakery today when uh, <laughs> there was actually some corned beef in the fridge <laughs> I'm just everybody everybody knows you everybody knows what you're yeah. doing so because uh, so I had to go to Wells to go to the cinema I was in Cheddar so that's 10 right. miles away I'm sorry that meant we could no but it's good because it meant we could get into X films as they were then yeah so me and my friends when we were 14 yeah. Me and my friends went to see the other Cinderella and Cinderella and Kentucky Fried Movie as a double bill. Marvelous. Kentucky Fried Movie was like the airplane before airplane, but it had a few rude bits in it. Other Cinderella was just a soft porn version of the Cinderella <laughs> story. And we went into the cinema in order of how lightly we thought it was we'd get in. Not the other way around, which would be the politer way to do it. So Phil Fry, who was the oldest, but looked like, generally looked 11 years old, was the last one in. And he was the only one that was questioned uh, about how old he was. And we all looked very young, 14-year-olds. And we all just went, no, no, he is. He is. Oh, he is. is is (laughs) And they went, ah, they didn't give a fuck, basically. I don't know how we got, I don't know how we got our parents to drive us to Wells. I said, we're going to Wells to look at the cathedral. I remember going for two hours, and when we come out, we'll all have raging hard ons. <laughs> I remember going to also Lincolnshire, going to going to Boston Fair with my friends, and we were all about sixteen. But at the time, at the time, I was the tallest, and so it was my job to go into the offie and try and buy some 
beer and I picked up the first four pack that um, I could find and strolled confidently to the counter and put it down and got served and then I came out and then slightly ruined it by walking out the door and going (laughs) (laughs) and they all applauded (laughs) you know excited grammar school (laughs) friends I went across and obviously the first thing I picked up was special brew (laughs) Uh, and so we all had a sip or two and then threw up and then went went on the fairground rides and then threw up do you find sometimes beer tastes like the first beer you ever had you know the first time you drink beer it's so horrible and occasionally I'll drink a beer my grand, my granddad poured a pint of beer and left it on the sideboard, and I had, I had a taste of the foam, and just thought, he's out of his fucking mind if he drinks this. This is nothing like Coke or Lilt. But sometimes, even I'll take a sip for a beer, and it will taste like the. I had a can of warm Heineken, which I'd managed to buy when I was about when I came to London one time with the uh, with the school band. Uh, and what did uh, you play? Uh, trumpet at the brass oh. band. Yeah. It wasn't, even, it wasn't even an official brass band because we played trumpets. Let's not get into that whole thing. Um, oh, I just had a great question for you and it's gone out of my head. Oh, well, never mind. I'll do an emergency question to, uh, to, to prop us up. Okay. Uh, if you had to date, uh, choose between dating a man who was a six foot tall penis. Uh, yes. Or, I like the fact there's no more questions, no subsidiary. Yep, yep, I know what you're talking about there, Rich. Yeah. Or a man who instead of having a penis, he had a tiny man. Which Interesting. Those, uh, so it's like a massive penis. Okay, well, it's got okay, a face so on his head and his I, penis. I need some qualifying questions. Yes, you do. So the the man who's a six foot penis, can yeah. he talk? Yeah. Okay. Of course, he's got a mouth. Arms? Just the, uh, he hasn't got any arms, but what he does oh, to make himself hell. look like a. So I'm going shoot. out with a sort of paraplegic penis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he can talk, but he, he wears. Well, actually, uh, with Emma the other week, we talked about the idea that he might have. He has a false uh, shoulders. He like wears a suit, so he has false shoulders when he goes out. Well, he's already and a he liar. Has, like, and it... He has like um, ventriloquist dummy hands on the, attached to that suit, which he could. I think if you. You know, he, could, he could use those hands. But you know, you've got a massive penis. This would... is the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> would I like to date? Yeah. <laughs> the big penis. And, and does he? Is he circumcised? Um, Have you thought this through? Uh, I haven't. I don't think does he's he circumcised. Wash? He's, I mean, he's, he's just this big fucking belly <laughs> yeah. that talks that may or may not yeah. be smell like a cock. <laughs> He wash it. I think he would wash. Well, I'd hope so. <laughs> if you're a cock, if you think, I mean, blimey, I wash my cock most days. But if you are just a cock, I think then if he was going on a date, several times you'd be if, in the shower every time you piss yourself. If he was going on a date, he'd do every what, time you piss out the top of your head. <laughs> if you go, oh, I'm sorry, I'd better. If you're on a date, you'd just if run you your head under the, the loo tap and, you... and he does a handstand <laughs> with his fake arms. <laughs> Sticks his head down the toilet. I don't think it's kind to be laughing at him. <laughs> I think it's unkind. Oh, I'm being weird. <laughs> no, I prefer the man who's a normal man. Yeah, with a man, little man. Um, with a with a small man as a penis because they could be friends. Uh, he's always got someone to talk to, so you know he's he's probably more emotionally intelligent because he's always got he's been a friend to, yeah. to his. So the, where does he wee then? <laughs> does he wee out of his bottom? I think well, the problem I imagine that it's the little man has a little man and the little man has so it's all the way around. Like uh, an Escher, like a sort of sexy Escher. Yeah. And I if say you look, sexy, if you I mean <laughs> disturbing. I would say that he would wee out the little man's wee 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 hole. <laughs> 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 
You would penis. say that, but you're a grown man. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, his little, it's because he's little, I thought he had to have a wee yeah, well, little wee-wee. Little, he will have a little, little, little <laughs> yes. man's little wee-wee hole, yeah. Well, but, uh, yeah, I, no, I prefer, um, in answer to the question, I prefer the man with the, with the human for the penis okay, rather than the human penis. You were... <laughs> it's I, let me remind me never to let you lose track again <laughs> so that we don't have another emergency it's question. It's reminding me of something I wanted to ask you, though, that Thank question. Uh, about that about is about your career. You're in a double act. <laughs> with, uh, I've no idea where this is going. David Mitchell. Did David Mitchell ever attempt to masturbate you with the hand of a hundred-year-old ventriloquist dummy? Because that happened to me in my double act, and I just wondered if that was a thing that... That's a normal thing, or whether I should contact the police. No, but tell us about it. <laughs> I've, to I've told... I'll tell you later. I've told everyone okay. else uh, enough about this. Uh, so uh, we'll go into... Uh, <laughs> We'll go into Dirty Britcom Confessions for you, which has sadly has stopped taking entries for people for some reason, but there's a website where comedy fans write their fantasies about comedians. Ah. Um, and they're quite weird. So these are some... I don't know if you've seen this. This is, this is quite a weird one. I'm a lesbian, uh, but David Mitchell and Robert Webb kissing badly on Peep Show gets me off. It takes all sorts. I mean, that is, but that is so that's, something for everyone. What do you that's, think that says about it? So, someone who is not attracted to men at all still gets off on watching two men kissing badly. Do you think it's the fact you were kissing badly that got her excited? I thought we the... kissed rather well. Well, um, it was it was surprising, and I can and I'm it's happening in my brain now. Yeah. Um, he's got he's got nice full lips, <laughs> um, and I was prepared for stubble. And there was a bit, yeah. not much, because you have to shave before filming most days. But um, it was it was a good kiss. Yeah. I don't want a fucking problem. No, she doesn't have a problem. She thinks it's <laughs> terrific. I, why a gay woman would be excited by watching me and David kiss badly? Saying, or did you think you're help you? You're quite feminine-looking men. It could be that. Maybe. Yeah. Or, it's interesting that I don't know I mean that is the last thing I would expect uh, when you were doing the kiss in this yes but most of the people I don't remember that is that in Peep Show or is that in it's in the uh, second series I is think it? it's where it's the, they go to a boathouse type place and Mark has had to skinny dip uh, with Jeremy and Nancy and Sophie and then there's this arsehole character called Gwyn uh, played by an actor who auditioned for Superhands uh, as did uh, Russell Brand Anyway, uh, and yeah, we'd still be on series nine, wouldn't we? Anyway, uh, so uh, so um, so Gwyn, the Gwyn character, is being all sexy and blah blah blah, and then they all start getting off with each other, and then there's a spin the bottle thing, and so I kiss Mark. Oh yeah, that, I, I watched it all again recently because it's on Netflix, I believe. Is it? Yeah. So we watched it. We watched it from start to finish, but we watched it, you know, like four or five hours. It's very good. Thank very, you. Very good. Should have no, been Mean Stew. But it's a it. very good... It's a very good... Should be Mean Stew and Russell Brand. <laughs> if the universe with is... With Russell watching Matt King's performance going, <laughs> fucking no, mate. No, no, no. Um, here's another one. Uh, I met... This is this This will make you uh, pause the thought. I met Robert Webb and then cried in an alleyway while licking my hand that shook his. <laughs> Were they tears of? I mean, what? Thinking, thinking, these are great quotes, but then we. I just want. I just want the context. Of, was it? 
because, because I had because I was because I was using a really really firm handshake and I just I just fractured a. I don't finger. know. I don't know if the t- there were tears of joy a, of ecstasy. I don't think I have a firm handshake. So yeah. Cried. They were licking, presumably just licking, trying to lick crying, your sweat off licking their own hands. Crying. I mean, you know, I've heard I won't wash for a week, but not <laughs> I'm going to cry and lick. <laughs> and your tears would get mixed up in that, and you wouldn't be able to taste the salty Robert Webb it's, sweat from your own salty brackish difficult. tears. I'm really trying to feel flattered, and God knows it, you know, it comes easily, but no. That person needs to look at their life. Yeah, well, I think this other person does as well. I've never found Robert Webb and David Mitchell as attractive as when they wore Nazi uniforms. <laughs> Christ, so sexy and so wrong. Look, those Nazis knew how to dress. <laughs> they did nothing. Else. I must say, I caught myself, uh, knowing that we were doing that sketch that day, I, did, I was shaving so carefully. And I go, what the fuck are you doing? You're paying the compliment to Nazis. <laughs> that they were, if they did one thing right, they were... Pun- Pantilious about uh, facial hair. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I just imagine you looking uniforms. at yourself in the mirror, wearing that uniform, licking your own hand, <laughs> crying. <Or face>. At <laughs> the beauty. Licking my helmet. <laughs> licking, licking. So back to Lincolnshire, which is what I'm mainly interested. In. But this, I've decided to mainly make this about people's. Uh, before they were famous. Mm. Uh, in fact, when I, when I was writing, I very, briefly wrote, I very briefly wrote for uh, Harry Hill's uh, TV burp, when I say very briefly, for one week. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've done quite a few things like this. I, I wrote for Russell Howard for about t- two weeks, but I ate so much Haribo that they sacked me. Uh, with, with Harry Hill, I realised it, it was an impossibly difficult show to write for. But they, he, they, we came up in that table with quite a good idea of before they were famous, which is just someone in their flat, and then the phone rings, and they go, what? I got it. Fantastic. That's great. Cheers. Uh, and then a show called After They're Famous, when the phone rings, goes, so they're not making any more. They're, they're def- that's definitely it. Thanks. I don't think they used it though. But it, that remi- was... it reminds me of when, because uh, we were talking about adverts, I'm loads to bring it back to adverts, but when Don and I did the Mac and PC thing and we'd done it and a few months, months went by and the iPhone came out or whatever, whatever the new thing was in 2007, probably an iPhone, but, and, and uh, they got in touch and the, 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 we were working for these very mild-mannered and, and softly spoken Californian ad uh, people and we were in an office just me and David uh, on this conference call with our agent and they were, and we, this call came through we're, we love what you did and we were so excited about how you uh, the, the characters of Mac and PC were so beautiful and absolutely <laughs> great and we, we just feel <clears throat> we just feel that we're, we're kind of moving on now and we'd like to devote our energies in a slightly different direction and we were like are we fired over <laughs> <laughs> It's not really, Robert, it's not really a question of fire. It's just, okay. But you don't want to give us any more money. <laughs> so you've got an iPhone now. Over. <laughs> so, yeah, it's nice of them to tell you, though. Usually yeah, no, those things, good. they just don't tell you. No, you have very, to work it out. They were, they were mild-mannered. I'm still waiting for the next series of This Morning Rich, Not Judy. They, I haven't heard. I've never heard. Yeah, it's not I'm waiting for back. the second series of Bruiser. Uh, yeah, I, I love Bruiser. That was, a, that was a terrific... But before that, you worked as a truck driver. Yes. Is that true? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> Where have I written about that? How I do don't you know, know. That? I, I went very deep this Fucking week. Oh, I went you've very gone deep. deep. I went really deep. Jesus. Um, yeah, no, in between, uh, after I uh, uh, left college, I worked as an usher for a bit, and then that was... 
too horrible to carry on with. And then uh, my flatmate was going out with uh, someone who uh, worked for a sort of lighting events company who would uh, take lights to events, uh, to people's like weddings and stuff. Uh, and he needed a driver and I had a perfectly good uh, normal driving license. And it turns out you can drive a seven and a half ton truck with a normal driving license. And uh, he gave me sort of 10 minutes tuition in how to drive this <laughs> truck. Seven and a half ton, by the way, is, is about as big as it gets before it becomes an articulated lorry, but they're, they're pretty big. Um, and so I went out driving this truck. It's not that like I couldn't drive it, although they have these air brakes that basically you go, and it goes <laughs> like that. So there's a lot of that. And I was with two, these two Australians who uh, they were sort of, I identified them as alpha males and alpha males have always been kind to me because they sense vulnerability <laughs> and, and, that, and that I'm not a threat. And so the first time I caused a bit of a traffic jam because I stalled obviously trying to get onto the M25 and one of them wound the window down and went, fair go mate, he's doing his fucking best. <laughs> And then I would just, and this is before, this is before sat navs, and so I just get lost. We get lost, and then the truck would break down, and then they would go, "We're gonna." I am so fucking cranky about this, and then we had to spend the night in the cab, and they, it was a lot. It was a lot of farting. It's three people on this sort of just this sort of long seat in front of a window, yeah, trying to sleep, yeah, like that. It was, you know. I can understand why so many lorry drivers become serial killers, can't you? That's, that, yeah. that's, it starts to make sense. Yeah. No, I was, and then I got lost on my own in Spitalfields, which is like one of the oldest bits of London and not designed for large trucks. <laughs> and, uh, and with my Yorkie and my, and my A to Z. And, it, and then it just started, I was lost. And I went, well, fuck, what are they going to do? I'm just going to stop and get my map out because they don't know that I look like a tiny child. They, as far as they're concerned, there's this massive fucking truck in front of them, and they'll just have to beat their little horns. Yeah. <laughs> How long did the job last, that job I last? I did it I, six days. Yeah, good. <laughs> 80 pounds a day, which was a king's ransom. Yeah. It's was, it was fucking amazing, because I've been doing, I've been ushering at the Lyric Hammersmith for 10 pounds a night. Uh, Irrespective of how long or short the play was, <laughs> and so you'd see you'd see a whatever play it was uh, forty times, or at least the first half or the second half forty times. So, <laughs> so you sort of swap with someone so that you didn't have to see the first half again. <laughs> and the only good thing that I didn't mind seeing forty times was Harry Hill, right? Uh, but everything else, Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> I remember asking you. I used to run a gig at the Lyric Hamsworth, and I think I asked you and Robert to come down. Uh, sorry, you and David to come. You're Robert. Uh, I, I've done the thing that, I, that everyone does to me. Uh, they always call me Robert. So uh, it's, <laughs> they, they, you're, I asked you to come down and you kind of sent me an email back going, yeah, I no, don't, really we, don't want to come. <laughs> we've, got, we've got the fear. We're not setting foot in that fucking place ever again. Um, so I mean, We might. <laughs> if, the, if the money's right there's a lot well, uh, Bruiser was really great I remember Bruiser and the, yes. the, the genius step you had about that is you put a Tim from the office in that before anyone thought of doing that that yeah. was the that was well, the Tim team. from the office wasn't mine and David's idea well uh, he uh, no the director saw him in a thing and, and cast Martin Freeman and David and I were <laughs> were hilariously threatened by <laughs> by Martin uh, if I memory so we were children um but martin was uh you know he talked to girls 
he, you know, he was kind of smooth. He was a bit charming. He was very, he was, he was very sincere. Yeah. He talked about. It. He was very open. And me and David were kind of, oh, here goes Marty. <laughs> Mar- Marty's going to talk to the makeup artist like about his problems and, and be all fucking understanding about being done by her boyfriend. And Marty just wants to fuck her. And we know, we know what, we know what Marty's game is, don't we, David? Oh, here we go. Oh, look, he's got, they brought him in a car, but he's sitting in the front. What a scab. He's letting us all down, sitting in the front because he's a proletarian. He's talking to the driver because he won't sit in the back, even though that's the form. He won't obey the form, David. Did you think he would go on to be an international movie star? No. No, no I, thought, I, thought he was, I thought he was very good in... Uh, in Peep Show, I thought you, I thought you, I mean, he wasn't even in Peep Show, twat. <laughs> he, I thought he was brilliant in, in some of the sketches in Bruiser, but uh, I didn't, uh, no, I didn't think he'd be a movie star, honestly. Um, and I've seen him in films and I think he's great. Have you, have you got his phone number? Because I'd like to get him on this. No, I haven't. No, I haven't spoken to only, him since. I only uh, got you on so we could get him on. 2005. <laughs> <laughs> I'm friends with his wife on uh, Twitter. I know. So I, I might know, try, I know Olivia if, Coleman's husband. <laughs> do you think if I tweeted um, Tim from the office's wife, he yeah. follows me on Twitter because she said something to me on Twitter oh, really? and said, can you ask Tim from the office to be on my podcast? Do you think that would be insulting to her? Uh, no. No, okay, I'll do that. I don't know. I've never <laughs> met her. I've got no data. I think, I think you should give it. I think you should go for it. Okay. I, think you should re- I think you should reach for, reach for the stars or the hobbits. We were talking backstage about nudity. Mm. And you were you were famously nude at birth. Famously nude, <laughs> and I've barely got dressed since. You were in the film Confetti. I was, which is a, a strange film. Was it an improvised it? film? Yes, it was. Um, well, not according to the credits, because if you look at who wrote it, it was written by Debbie Isaac, okay, who directed it. Um, but what I remember um, was that uh, no, it was the, the whole point was that it was the, a deeply derivative. Sorry, an original. Um, <laughs> Uh, improvisational, sort of Christopher Guest stroke Mike Lee, but yeah. not as good as that. Um, <laughs> thing where three couples compete to have the most original wedding. And uh, Collie and I, uh, I've known her for a long time, I get to call her by nickname, don't hate me. Uh, <laughs> Olivia Coleman and I were played uh, two nudists, or naturists as they prefer. Um, the trouble with that is, you get when you really get into the heart of what naturism is, there is this massive nothingness, which is, it is just people doing normal stuff, except without any clothes on. So you can't really play that. That's not a character. Um, so we spent, you know, there wasn't any rehearsal. I, well, what I gather from people who've worked in other improvised films is that they rehearse and they rehearse and they rehearse and they rehearse, and eventually there's something you call the script, and then they shoot that, and that's the film. What we did was talk and talk and talk <laughs> about the nudity issue. Or the other couples, you know, Steve Mangan, you know, lots of brilliant people in it, uh, talk about talk Tim about the their office, characters. And then they turn up, and then they get into costume, and then they, they're on the set, and then Debbie Isaac goes, this is the scene, because she's worked out everything, but secretly, not telling anybody, not telling anybody what's going on, because the, the process is obviously more important than the outcome. Um, and she would sort of say so the the scene is um, you're going to have an argument about the tennis and then there'll be a row 
go. <laughs> and then, so, you know, so you do a 20 minute take um, and then you hear eventually cut and then you go, how was that Debbie? And she goes, I suppose I find something in the edit. We've got to move on. <laughs> and then, so you do that for a while, but, but, and that's, that's everyone else, but what we had, Colin and I were doing that, but naked. Yeah. And we're not naturists, and we're not used to being naked. And there is such a thing as a nudity taboo. There are good evolutionary reasons <laughs> why, we're, why we feel shame. Um, <laughs> and uh, we were feeling some shame. I was feeling a bit of shame, because I think I'm kind of unremarkable, sort of nothing special, but fine. Uh, Olivia sh should really not have taken that part. She thinks she's worse than fine. And she, so she's kind of like this the whole time. You just want to run in with a towel every time you, or a blanket every time you see her on that screen. And so it was a deeply, deeply miserable, because there, there are two sort of, you know, you're doing it there and there are, oh, it's a closed set, so only 40 men standing around. Um, and then there's that aspect of it, and then there's the it goes out on international release <laughs> aspect of it. So there's the, the, there's the thing in, at the time, then there's the thing later. Did you the, think you were going to be pixelated, though? That's what it says. We, uh, I have to be careful at this point, because I know you can't afford lawyers. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I think everybody heard what they wanted to hear, but it was my sincere impression at the time <laughs> that um, it was made uh, clear to me that uh, due to the genre of the film... Um, uh, that the genre will be a mock documentary thing and according to that genre what happens is that uh, genitals are pixelated and so I got the impression rightly or wrongly from the lying cunt <laughs> Debbie Isaac <laughs> as I thought of her for a while um, possibly wrongly that that um, that's what would happen um, yeah. But that turned out not to happen, as I discovered when I went to the cast and crew screening. <laughs> <laughs> At least they don't. Usually, in that situation, if they're going to pixelate it, they would give you a little uh, uh, what's it called? A ball bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's some, there's some, something's pouch. It's something. Oh. No, I mean I did understand playing a naturist. Then you know you, you can't do it with your underpants on. Yeah. But I just thought. It would, I thought what would it, there would be, there would be establishing shots where you tell the story, these people haven't got any clothes on, and then you're up here or you're yeah. long shots again. Or what I didn't expect would be 15 second shots where I'm competing for attention with my own cock. Uh, which, as I say, is not a remarkable cock. Uh, I wouldn't have done the film if, I, if it was a weird colour or strangely thin or, you know, anything, anything peculiar about it. But, uh, but still, you do get upstaged by that because uh, we're not used to seeing flaccid cocks. We're no. used to seeing erect cocks if we watch pornography, yeah. but we are not used to seeing the bloke from Peep Show's cock. So it draws the eye. And so no one's really listening to what I'm saying, yeah. which is fine, because I'm improvising. And the bit of my brain that's supposed to be good at improvising is just thinking, everyone can see your cock. <laughs> so it, it, Debbie Isaac managed to get out of me my worst ever performance. <laughs> and my cock. Good. Uh... <laughs> And that's all the story of confetti. I'm delighted. <laughs> it's all right. 
It's all right, Phil. It's all right. Yeah, people. I think, right. it, I think it was probably all right. I think out of... I think, it was, I think it was, you know... There'd been a lot of I British... I think it was fine. There'd been a lot of British comedy films and most of them not, not very good. Well, most of them are worse, yeah. Yeah, Debbie so Isaacs are worse. The, uh, uh, but her other films are worse than Confetti. What, uh, what other films did she Confetti, do? I think Confetti... Well, I haven't seen them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I might have seen them. But she's done Nativity, Nativity 2. Oh, okay. I yeah. think Nativity 3. Yeah. Um... Other things. Do they, in those films, do the children just get oh, the adults playing them, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. It'd be quite good it. if there's just a 20 year old kid, they do Nativity 20 and it's a 24 year old going, Why are we back doing another Nativity <laughs> play? We had to, we got. Well, Santa has his balls hanging out, but, <laughs> but they really are pixelated. Are you ever confused with Robert Webb, the 18th century politician and merchant? <laughs> No, and I didn't know. I love this section of the show, and I didn't know there was one. I know that uh, I, I didn't go back and look, but I, for a while, uh, when I was obsessively googling myself in the, yeah. in the search of recognition, uh, the other Robert, the, there were at least two marine biologists called Robert I Webb, and I don't know if they're still around. Of Robert K. Webb, who specialised in the systematics of turtle family Trinochidae. <laughs> uh, right. That guy. Because if you ever get confused with him, that's and yeah. maybe you get invited onto the BBC News like that guy, that taxi driver who ended up talking on the news. And they go, so Robert, tell us about it. You know, uh, it'd be worth prepping some I've, stuff. I've never taken my clothes off on, <laughs> in a film. What? And there was also a 19th century English cricketer. Have you ever? Really? Yeah. I thought there'd be more famous Robert Webbs. They're, they're, not, they're not uncommon names, either they of them, are. so you'd think. But yeah. okay. There aren't that many. Okay, I'm, I'm, I feel fine about that. Okay. Um, how do you... I, you know, I'm trying to find what it was called, the series. Oh, yes, I, the, the series you did, Great Movie Mistakes. <laughs> that yeah. was a mean-spirited piece of work. <laughs> <laughs> you think... George the Sandman. Yeah. George the Sandman back there, you met earlier. Yeah. He hates you because of that. Yeah. <laughs> I got that. When I did Ambassadors, uh, it was this comedy drama that wasn't um, comedy enough uh, for, to get a recommission. Um, or, or drama enough to get a recommission from the drama. But anyway, that's another sad story. But um, uh, And there was a, a, a Russian... Uh, oh, shit, I'm going to be in trouble. He was a, a, a Serbian actor. Uh, who called himself Yugoslavian, which is why you can tell he's Serbian. But he was, do but he was doing. Uh, God, I'm, let's get into trouble. Uh, but he was. Uh, but he said, you know, "I've seen your uh, your movie mistakes. I fucking hated you for that." <laughs> and, yeah, no, it's very. You know, I did it. I did four of them, and then uh, yeah, some did other four of them. You didn't Pappy's, just do one of them and go. Pappy, oh, I better not do that again. No, I did four. Four. Count them. Four. <laughs> And then Pappy's Fun Club did the fifth one, but, uh, and that was years ago as well. But right. they get repeated all, all, all the time. No, I didn't. I mean, one of the. I think the third one is quite well written. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I. What can I tell you? It it's was, mate. It's just pointing it's a, out continuity errors and things. Really. Yeah. No. It's a, okay, look at these cunts. Look at the cunts. A, you should have got the name of the continuity person. <laughs> gone. What the fuck was this cunt thinking on this day? <laughs> Look at that can of Look beans. Look at this fucking that cunt. That can of beans has moved. Well, I'm trying to... I really am. Look, she's drinking some wine. And then the next shot, cunt's fucking drunk it. Would you believe it? What a load of professional people. The, the weird thing was, 
it sort of feeds into this <laughs> this sort of persona that I think comes out of Jeremy and Peep Show, where I was getting jobs to behave like a cunt, <laughs> and so it gets written. So you, comedy writers or some people are are hired to do this stuff, and they they here's the script, and I've said yes, and now it's everybody's ready, and I'm going there, and it's all in the auto queue, and. Uh, yeah, but it's a mistake I only make four times. <laughs> well, um, even on proper telly, you kind of got paid that much for it. For two days' work, it, it's it was all right. It's some money, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, yeah. I'm, what do you want from me? I think if I was a continuity announcer and continuity person who worked on anything you worked on for subsequently, I would just fuck up every single shot you were in, and I'd put like big cocks pointing your ass. <laughs> If I just behind you, all the crew just get their cocks out and rest them on your shoulder. <laughs> you're they, doing they are professionals. <laughs> they, they won't. They won't often do that. The thing is, by the time you know, because there's a thing called oh, I can't remember. Do you comment or do you? There's there's a technical term for it. Uh, I'm sorry, I've forgotten. But um, you have to make a comment about a clip in order to be able to show the clip for <laughs> right. free. Right. Sorry. Fair dealing. Fair dealing, thank you very much, exactly right. Who are you? That's Ben Walker, the producer. I thought it was How a heckler, but it is, it is uh, the producer. Uh, an impressive heckle from the audience. But. Uh, so, fair dealing rules, thank you. Um, uh, you have to like use at least two adjectives about the, about the thing that you're the clip that you're talking about. And for a while there, in, from series one till four, I'd say, um, the writers just thought or picked two sarcastic and horrible adjectives to describe things. So I'm just this horrible, sarcastic wanker going, in the disappointing and shabby sequel to. And then you may say it took me quite a long time to realize this was a mistake. I agree. Uh, but I didn't do the fifth one. I like coming up with ideas for terrorist atrocities. <laughs> do you ever do that? I've got, I've got a new one. I've, I thought this last week, but I forgot what it was. You know, like outside tube stations, quite a lot, people, there's like attractive people handing out cans of Coke or Kit Kats and stuff on promotions. Right outside if I was, tube. Yeah. Attractive people. Yeah. Well. things out. I see some really, yeah. I see some Dickensian grotesques. Well, even, they, they don't have to be attractive, but there's some people giving out like free chocolate bars okay. and cans of drink. If they just put a slow-acting poison into all of those, you could wipe out about three or four thousand people, I would say. I think you could beat 9-11. Or into the... <laughs> uh, but I'm, not, I'm not saying do it, but I'm just saying if yeah. I was a terrorist, I would, that's what I'd be, you'd be aiming for. In anything under 9-11 is like, yeah. what was the point in that? Or the free... Uh, so, you could, and what I'm saying is it's pretty easy to kill lots of people, and terrorists do really fuck... Apart from 9-11, they do well, really not, fucking badly not, at it. They're not happy people, and they... They're not. You know, so they haven't had time to plan, because they're, they're too busy being angry. <laughs> uh, but maybe you could do that with the, the free uh, Cadbury's chocolate you get that they keep trying to push on you in WH Smith's. Right. Every time you buy a pencil sharpener. You'd sort go, of have Would to you get... like a massive bit of whole nut? <laughs> no, I fucking wouldn't. <laughs> I think the but terrorists you, would have to get W.H. Smith on board to make, well, that, to make that work. That, that seems like a lot of... Maybe that's exactly what's <laughs> happening with the capitalist geo-global thingy and whatnot. That could be. Yeah. yeah they're trying yeah. to get less customers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they can charge yeah. the existing, the surviving customers more. Exactly. Yeah, what well, doesn't yeah. quite work. Yeah. Have you ever had any... I've got loads of terrorist ideas. I would be brilliant at being a terrorist. 
And I've been you know, kind I'm of mediocre not... as a comedian, so I think maybe I should maybe I should move over to terrorism. I think you're wonderful comedian. I don't think I don't think I've given this enough thought. No. Um, it's just interesting to kind of put. It's interesting if someone I... goes straight away. Yes, I have ten plans. Bob Mortimer had quite a lot of quite horrific ideas. <laughs> just general murder of his wife and stuff like that as well. Beyond well, that's not even what I was asking. <laughs> If you got like a Zeppelin yeah. and you lowered it into uh, Wembley Stadium on World Cup final tonight yeah. or FA Cup final, assuming we're not hosting the World Cup <laughs> yeah, final. We might be. Well, we might By be. this time, this is out. Exactly. But let's assume it's full. Yeah. And you'd put like, you know those um, that kids have plastic where you put the thing down and it's got a sort of sticker and it sticks down and yeah. then it stays there for a bit and then it pops up. I do, yeah but a really lethal version of that. <laughs> and you cover the lower part of the Zeppelin with those. Yeah. It would take a lot of trouble to time it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying this is easy. Yeah. To time it so they all popped out at the same time and they're all poison tipped. And there's one for everyone there. Yeah? No dice. I think, think once not. you've got the Zeppelin into lowered into the Wembley, okay. just a well, big Ze bomb inside the Zeppelin. Let's assume, the, let's assume the Zeppelin is made of not safe helium, <laughs> but yeah. actual good old-fashioned hydrogen. Yeah, exactly. So they can't shoot it. No. Fucking hell! I think but I'm just also, I would just, I would just say, why not just <laughs> forget about the little bumpy things? Just yeah. put the Zeppelin full of hydrogen into Wembley and like Yeah, but where's the fun with the... <laughs> also, you've chosen a very slow... It's like a very slow... That's, <laughs> what's, that's what makes what's it... That <laughs> what's that coming up three miles away? <laughs> it's probably that's what makes it macabre. Very, very that's what makes it sinister. <laughs> that it happens in, like, fucking slow motion, like all nightmares do. Like... <laughs> What's, what's that? Um, I think that's coming this good, way. This is a good game of football. Football <laughs> fans probably say, I'm enjoying the football. What's that unbelievably slow moving? Zeppelin. I didn't think they did. Do they, do they do Zeppelin? They still do Zeppelins. They did this one. There's a Zeppelin. Oh, well done, Brian Robson. Here comes the Zeppelin. I wonder what it's doing. Why is it lowering? Why is it full of those poppy, poppy? Oh, no, it isn't. I like the poppy things. That's impressive. You stick, they don't really work. stick. You stick to comedy and being rude about continuity mistakes. That's what you're good at. Don't don't <laughs> don't do, don't do uh, blowing things up. Uh, I haven't asked you many emergency questions. People will be annoyed, and we're going to have to stop soon. So, um, have you ever tried to suck your own cock? Yes. Good. Uh, Successfully, from the ages of thirteen to fifteen. Wow. It's my own cock, it's not your cock. <laughs> and did you stop because you became less limber or because yes. you became bored? Have you yes. Got ennui no, about because it? my cock shrank. <laughs> uh, no, I've I seen think, your cock, it no, doesn't think, look all that I, impressed. I think, uh, I think, yeah, 13, 13 to 14, yeah, it was, it was where I was maximum yeah. bendy. Which technique did you did you go legs uh, over the head? Feet up the wall. Yeah, feet up the wall. Yeah, and then, and and then, then over. Come forward. And then over. I what did. you don't want at that point is you because my mum did walk in on me uh, when I was in a more conventional uh, position under the but I was in bed and there was just a bit of what 
Uh, and that was fine. But if she, if she caught me while I was doing that, <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> I think I'd have broken my neck. So that was lucky. It was. My mum only caught me after I... Man, she thought she caught me wanking, but she right. caught me after I was, I was... I was in the post-orgasmic delight. <laughs> under, oh, she, the, she, under the sheets, lying back, but then she opened the door without knocking, and I went, oh! And just went straight, but then she thought that she caught me wanking, but mum, you hadn't caught me wanking, so... So, loser. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're trying to do. So, <laughs> you think you've got that on me? You haven't. <laughs> Fuck you, you'll die first. <laughs> Would you rather have a hand made out of ham or an armpit that dispensed sun cream? A hand made out of ham? Yeah. And you can uh, eat, you can eat oh, this and it'll grow ham. back. Yeah, well then it's a ready supply You can eat it and it grows back? Yeah. I wouldn't get much done. <laughs> well, so it, if, it, you it, it, I, if you ate it all... Is it my typing hand? <laughs> <laughs> if you, it can be, you can choose. I'll let you choose which uh, one it is. If you, uh, if you eat it all, it takes like a month to grow back. If you nibble it, it'll grow back. I can back. imagine licking it quite often, but, yeah. uh, but only in private. Yeah. I don't know, do people, uh, do the people around me accept this? Is, yeah, it, is yeah. it normal they've got used to it? They're not, well, it's not remarkable they accept as much you accept the gigantic penis man that you seem to think was ridiculous. I did find him a little bit ridiculous. <laughs> um, I, or what was the oh, alternative? An armpit that dispensed sun cream. That's like just... enough for you to use through the whole year. That's silly. <laughs> it is, it is silly. It's silly. Yeah. I'd never, th- I'd no, never think, really no, thought of that, that. No, I think that's far-fetched. <laughs> I probably needed to be told that. I've asked that question to a lot of people and everyone else has just taken it in good faith and answered it. No, I think that's silly. Okay. (laughs) If your finger could travel through time, what would... Whose anus would you finger first? (laughs) Interesting that you went that way. If you were invisible, (laughs) whose face would you sit on first? That's not going to ask that in the that's next podcast. Joke. Uh, if I if I if my <laughs> finger could go through time, yeah, what would you do with it? In time, where would you go? Where would your finger go, and what would it do? Oh, I've fuck. adapted this question because I it used to be. Would you rather this is a, this is a stupid question? Right. Would you rather had a finger that could travel through time, or or a tit that dispenses talcum powder? No one chooses that. No one chooses the tit that no. dispenses to... I'm not much of a talc person. No, well, no one is. Well, it's, it's, not, it's a stupid well, it's choice. Of, it's kind of fun. Yeah. But only for about the first 16 times at most. I mean, I'm, we're all getting... We're all getting a lot of enjoyment out of that. But well, I suspect... So it's only one. It's not, t- it's not two tits, it's one tit. I so sus- it'd be... I love why it doesn't work. I suspect that the mime and the sound effect is more fun than the reality. Uh, You've got to imagine little. It's like, I mean, I wouldn't be. You'd have to. Would it have to be this? He's taken all his clothes off. The people who are listening to just the audio version of this are quite confused. Suddenly, very shy. If they're listening to that, um, I they am are. naked right so now. So I've changed it. To um, just what would you do if you could, if your finger could travel through time? My finger could travel through. Go time. anywhere you want. Just your finger. You can look through the side and see where it is. You can, yeah. Any and it can travel in time and space. So it's not just oh here we are in the Les Square Theatre and I've just touched Joan Collins doing yeah. a show last year. Uh, it can yeah. go anywhere. Good, you know. 
uh, I'd probably up anyone's asshole you want. I, I probably, I probably finger Hitler up the asshole, <laughs> yeah. so that he'd relax a bit. <laughs> and so why, just when he got turned down from art school, and he was having a That's wank, a... and then I'd put a finger up his bottom, yeah. and suddenly his wank would be strangely more threatening <laughs> and yet more pleasurable. Yeah. And he, he'd just go, oh, actually, this is everything's fine. Would you not? It's be... fine being rejected from art school. I don't need to kill. 50 million people in a world apocalypse. Would you not worry that you doing that is what would be would send Hitler on his crazy spree? Because up to How? that point, he was. Or you've chosen the exact point where he's just an art student. I suppose. To get in. I suppose my and question then is, you could have done it, and it's gone in, and Hitler's gone. Whoa, I didn't like that. I'm now going to become the Führer and, and I suppose, start a war. I suppose I'm starting from the premise that he al already was a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, but you don't that, know that because you don't. That's how time works. You don't know. Maybe well, it was your finger going back through time I that suppose, made him into that. You I tried suppose, to change history and you ruined it. You, I, it's your I, fault. In fact, your finger I is suppose, more responsible than Hitler. <laughs> what you're saying, we should chop off your finger now just so that you can't do that. And then we can save the world. <laughs> I think we should do it just as a, in case. Are you finished? No. <laughs> um, good. I'll let, I'll let that be the last word. <laughs> okay, well, we, you know, we didn't ask really anything about Peep Show. Is it coming back? Ah, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> I've got a question about Peep Show. Is there anything you haven't said about Peep Show yet in your life? that you would like to say. <laughs> <laughs> you mean how, how much like are me and David like our characters? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think I've said, I think, I, I think I've explained Peep Show to my satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> and that can be the title of this episode. <laughs> I think I've explained Peep Show to my satisfaction. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Robert Webb. Thank you very much. Richard Herring's That's the Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Robert Webb, from for the post office adverts. I can't believe it's happened. Finally. Uh, the music you're listening to is by Pest. Thank you. Oh, I've just choked on a bit of sandwich. Thanks very much to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre and to all the nerds that go faster strike and everyone who's helped us make this show as well. You at home who did the Kickstart campaign. This is your show in a way, but it belongs to me. Thank you to my producer, Ben Walker. I probably couldn't do this without. I'd just get something else in. And it is a fuzz. GoFasterStrike.com and Sky Potato Production. How do you like them Sky Potatoes? I like them a lot. That's how much I like them. Thank you for listening to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast, which was sponsored by Crowmotion.com. Go there for all your crow motions. Oh, that's like bird poo. Now I think about it. Ugh, disgusting. Uh, I do have to mention in this closing monologue, this has been sponsored also by Chris Hopkins. We, are, we gave him the option of leaving a message, and the message he left was an eye with an umlaut above it, an upside down question mark, and a half. And you know, you can use this for whatever you want. And if that might mean something, that might be some code for some terrorist attack that once that gets said. Uh, and nuclear codes are launched. I don't know. Uh, if you've enjoyed these podcasts, you can help donate. Go to gofasterstripe.com slash badges. All of your money will go to future podcasts. In fact, probably mainly to uh, And As It Occurs To Me podcasts if you go to donate per monthly. But you can make a one-off donation. You can also get a cash for question or me calling you or your friend a fucking idiot by donating some money there and then uh, emailing chris at gofasterstripe.com. Actually, email him first and check that there's, there's something left. Uh, anyway, that was the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it 
And here are some of the people who helped us make this show. Matthew Smith, Ewan Duncan, Rob Applin, Darren Foote, Colin Anderson, Raymond Harpany, Kevin Tipcorn, Steve Mash, Dean Ratland, Gaynor Wilson, Adam Queck, Stuart Fawcett, Tim Turner, Julian Benton, Thomas Baldwin, Lauren Pilkington, Matthew Blackburn, Neil Martin, Jack Burton, Fraser Levy, Gina Lynn, Paul Jeffrey, Rob Ward, Robert Tang Richardson, Leo Vagoda, Carol Forster, Icky Kawa, Cole McGonagall, Aurora Watters, Jake, Heather Henderson, Simon Carl, Christine Sato, David Collier, Jijin John, Roy Owens, Matthew Poynton, and Michael White, Michael Wrighton, Dave Rafferty, Graham Wyatt, J. Mark Pym, Maria, Tom Granger White, John Herbert, John A. J. A. His name's like I. A. Ottima. John Aiotis and Tim Brown. Aiotis. Aiotis. Thanks for listening. Bye.